Welcome to Defiant Joy Radio. This is your host, Carol McLeod. Welcome to Defiant Joy Radio. Carol would love to come speak in your area. Her messages of hope and joy have blessed so many. Contact us today at justjoyministries.com or call toll-free 1-855-569-5433 to arrange an appearance at your next women's group or conference. Now, here's Carol with today's inspiring message. Let me read to you one of my favorite scriptures found in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. That scripture has always brought such peace to my heart as I've been praying for those that I love who don't know the Lord. This scripture, 2 Peter 3, 9, is God's revealed will concerning those you love who do not know him or who are not living their lives under his lordship. Let me read it to you one more time and then we'll discuss it. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. See, the Lord doesn't want anyone to spend eternity in hell. God wants every man, every woman, every child to come to repentance, to lay their sins at the cross of Calvary. It is not his desire that anyone should perish, but for all to come to repentance. If you have not spent time in prayer for your unsaved friends and loved ones and family members, why don't you start making it a high priority today to pray for their salvation? Because when you pray the word of God, heaven and earth are moved on your behalf. You know, right now, God is holding back evil so that those you love will have a chance to come to him in repentance. What I have done is I've made a list of all the people I love who don't know Jesus, acquaintances, friends, family members, and I prayed this scripture over their lives every single day. I insert their names. I say, Lord, it's not your desire for Sue to perish, but for her to come to repentance. So Lord, bring her to you. Make a list. Place their names in this prayer. Listen, I have a friend who prays for 200 people every single day. He has their names written down and he prays. What's your excuse? Eternity might be at stake in someone's life. God might be waiting for you to pray his will over these people. So let's pray 2 Peter 3, 9, Lord, I thank you that you are not slow about your promise and that it is your will for all those that I love to come to repentance and live eternally with you. Now, the next scripture we're going to look at, I absolutely love praying the scripture. The power in it is incredible. It's a scripture that you know as well as the back of your hand. So don't be bored by this scripture. Don't minimize the power in Romans 8, 28. And we know 
that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Listen, God did not create you or those that you love for failure. Now, we may fail at some things on our way to success, but he is behind the scenes of all of our lives. He's changing and rearranging and rerouting to work even our mistakes for his glory and for our good. God can take our mistakes and turn them into miracles. God can take our errors and turn them into something excellent. Now, you might be thinking, oh, he only does that, Carol, for those who love him. He's not going to do it for my sorry family because they certainly don't love the Lord. Oh, oh, stop, stop. Remember, we already prayed that each sorry member of your family would come to know and love Christ. And we prayed it according to his will. So it's a done deal. They already love him. They just don't know it yet. Often when I teach on this scripture, on Romans 8, 28, this is what I say. God has been to your future and it is good because he is good. So if we were to pray Romans 8, 28 together, it would sound something like this. Lord, I thank you that you are working behind the scenes of the lives of those that I love and are causing all of their choices and their circumstances to work together for good. Now, the next scripture that we're going to pray together is often quoted and sung about. It's used as an encouragement for people in difficulties. And now we are going to learn how to pray the scripture. This is our scripture, Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 14. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will see me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. You know, the Lord sees not only the people in your life that you love, but he also sees what each one of them can become. He's got plans for the people that you love. God has an uncommon plan for every man, every woman, and every child. And the plan that God has is not an average mediocre plan, but it's something extraordinary because it was birthed in the heart and mind of God first. So when you pray Jeremiah 29, 11, through verse 14 over those that you love, it will ultimately empower each one of them to call upon God, to seek God, and to be found by God, because that is what God's extraordinary plan actually is. So praying this scripture over those you love not only protects each one of them from calamity, but it also turns all of their hearts, each of their hearts toward God. So if we were to pray Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14 together, this is what it would sound like. 
Lord, I thank you that you have plans for welfare and not for calamity for those that I love and that you have a good future and a hope in store for each one of them. I thank you also that when those that I love call upon you, that you will listen to them. I pray that each one would seek you with their whole heart and be found by you. Amen. Isn't this fun? Don't you feel powerful and confident knowing that you are agreeing with God's will for the people that you love? When we pray with our own words and our own desires, we end up trying to tell God what to do. Oh, God, you know I love my son. God, you know I've tried to be a good mother. God, couldn't you please put people in his life who would show him the way. God, please, couldn't you get him a new job? See, in that prayer, we're telling God what to do. That's what I call a soulish prayer. But when we agree in prayer with the word of God and the will of God, my days of telling God what to do are over. How absurd to think that I could give God a new idea. How absurd to think that I could give the creator of the universe my advice. No, 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 no. This has changed my prayer life forever. I now confidently and joyfully agree with his word as I pray. Okay, the next scripture that we're going to pray together is found in Psalm chapter 1 verse 3. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and whatever he does, he prospers. I always combine Psalm 1-3 with 3 John 1-2. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health, even as your soul prospers." You know, I deeply desire for all five of my children, for their spouses, and for my grandchildren to firmly plant their lives by the streams of living water. I want them to extract every blessing out of life that they are able to. This only happens when they plant themselves by the stream of of living water, when they plant themselves in a good church, when they read his word daily, when they surround themselves with other fruit-bearing Christians. I long for my children and for those that I love to live fruitful lives and not to waste a day or a season of their life. Now, when I look at 3 John chapter 1, 2, I agree with John that it's my heart's desire for all those that I love, for my beloved to prosper, to be in health, and to have a prosperous soul. It is not selfish to pray this prayer. John, the disciple closest to Jesus, prayed this prayer over those that he loved. Listen, this is not just about money. It's about life. I want their marriages to prosper and their grades to prosper. I want them to receive scholarships and raises. I want their friendships to prosper and to be healthy. I want their parenting skills to prosper. I want them to receive raises and bonuses and promotions at work. I want my children to flourish in the things that matter in life. Let me read to you Psalm 92, verses 12 
through 15. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, planted in the house of the Lord. They will flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap and very green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. So if we were to combine all those scriptures together and pray according to the will and heart of God, this is how we would pray. Those that I love are like trees firmly planted by streams of water, and they will each yield their fruit in season. Their lives will not wither, and whatever they do will prosper. I thank you, Lord, that those that I love will prosper and be in good health, even as their soul prospers. Thank you, Lord, that those that I love will plant themselves in the house of the Lord, and it is there that they will flourish. Amen. We're so glad you were able to join us today. Learn about unwavering faith that defies your circumstances in her two-book offer, No More Ordinary and Refined. For your gift of just $15 plus shipping, contact us today at JustJoyMinistries.com.